it, this is something even more marvelous here too is that is that this what the father says to the son in his baptism is because of what Jesus has done on the cross precisely the same thing that God the Father speaks to us in our baptism. When we're baptized and all of our sins are washed away and he imputes to us the righteousness of Christ, he looks at us and says, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. So that these words of promise that the, that the Father first speaks to Jesus are also spoken to us in, in our baptism. hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. What do you mean? I've bumped us in. What? <laughs> All you folks out there in Radio Land. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Glad to be with you today. <laughs> Pastor Wolfmiller is practicing his uh, jazz music DJ uh, voice. C- continue Hello, with that. everybody. <laughs> nice to have you with us on the program today. we got oh. a great program ahead for you. Oh, You're brother. not going to want to miss this. Ugh. Yes, uh, last last week we we promised our listeners that we would get to this uh, their phone calls, you know, responding to our listeners, and we ran out of time. Our listeners are very important to us out there, Ugh. everyone out there in Radio Land. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we didn't have time because we we're doing Biggest Loser, name that theologian, forget the lyrics. So we we had a, a full show, so we're gonna try and get to him right now, real quick. And so we have time. And then for after that, we have a special baptism edition of the show today. Yes, it's a baptism edition because it's the baptism of our Lord uh, this week. So. Yes. Uh, in, in the uh, church year. So, okay, let's get to these these uh, phone messages. Um, I'm ready. Caller number one. Now, most of the <laughs> let's go to line one. Uh, most of these, uh, Pastor, are because you made a, a particular offer on one of our past shows. Um, I think it was near the Thanksgiving time that uh, that you would give a thousand table talk radio points for anyone that calls in. And so we got That's the right. fo- we got the following caller. Hi, my name is Joseph. Um, I was just calling to find out um, exactly what the 1,000 points was for. Um, so if I could get a call back, I'd greatly appreciate it. My number is 262. We didn't want to give uh, Joe's number to, to the, the, all the listeners of Table Talk Radio. So we did a little editing there. Okay, so um, Pasha, why don't you tell us what the, what the points are for on Table Talk Radio? The points on Table Talk Radio are like your good works for salvation. They are worth nothing. <laughs> the points on Table Talk Radio are like the doctrine of baptismal regeneration to the oneness Pentecostals. It absolutely <laughs> means absolutely nothing. So the points, really to answer the question, the points along with 10 bucks will get you a doggy bowl dish from our forum show <laughs> store thing. And who uh, wouldn't want that? Yeah, the points and twenty bucks will get you a Table Talk Radio T-shirt. Uh, that's what that's course. what we should do. Uh, if you have like millions and millions of Table Talk Radio points, you can exchange it for stuff in our uh, merchandise shop. <laughs> millions and millions. <laughs> oh boy! Didn't you? Someone send in a donation, a very generous donation, a few bucks. Thank you for that. That's yes, uh, thank keeps you. us going. And uh, Evan sent out uh, one point for every dollar <laughs> sent in. Well, that's that's our new is, campaign, uh, the John Tessel fundraising campaign. 
Oh, that's right. We're, we're starting to run that's those right. now. So yeah, we're. I should play that. Some, we don't have time, but let's. The listen. points are just a are just an excuse, you know, just yeah. to keep the just to keep the kids interested. <laughs> Hello, kids. All right, let's go to Hello. our, nec- our My next. My kids uh, like the whole point thing. <laughs> do they? Do you, do you yeah. give them? Do you give them points for doing their chores? No, no. They All like right, to clean up to your room, and you'll and get twenty who... table talk radio points. <laughs> I'll try that later. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, let's go to our next caller. We got we got some ground to cover here. Hi guys. This is Bob from Milton, Florida, calling to wish you a blessed Thanksgiving, and the promise of the one thousand points for calling in was not the only thing that prompted me to call today. As I just finished listening to uh, episode twenty-three, I have a question for you that maybe you can help me figure out. I joined a group on Facebook called... I'm going to pause it right there. His first mistake is joining Facebook. <laughs> okay, but well, th- this is the kind of trouble you get in when you join Facebook. I'll continue playing oh, it. brother. People who appreciate the old perspective on Paul and my nephew, who is a uh, member of the PCA, left me a note and said, I guess you don't think much of the, the federal vision. I'm uh, trying to do a little research on that, but I think it might have something to do with N.T. Wright. I'm just not sure what this uh, federal vision and what all these things are about. Uh, Again, blessings to you both, and thank you so much for what you do. Bye. All right. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, what did we say when we got this message? We said, we'll just forward this one on to the guys over at Issues, etc. <laughs> and we should. <laughs> but but here, we'll, we can just briefly take a look at it. There's some code words to decode there first. Of course, the new perspective on Paul is this. Um, it's a new interpretation of Paul, which has at its heart the idea that Judaism was not legalistic. And so then you have reframe everything that Paul wrote with that new understanding that Judaism was a religion of grace and, and that you have different covenant markers for being in or out. And so it was a matter of being in or out of the covenant, not a matter of being good enough or bad enough. And then they go on from there to uh, reinterpret Paul and say that Luther had his, um, was reading Paul wrongly and all this sort of stuff. Uh, he, uh, Bob also mentioned – was it Bob that called it? Uh, he mentioned the PCA. That's the Presbyterian Church of America. That's the kind of conservative Presbyterian church. And then this idea of the federal vision. I had never heard of it until this call. Did a little bit of work on it, not too much. But it's, uh, I read this state, federal vision statement that a bunch of these guys put together. Apparently this has been around since 2002. Uh, and, and look, to be honest with you, I can't, I can't distinguish this from just kind of regular old Reformed doctrine. Uh, with a slight confusion on the doctrine of justification and a stronger emphasis on post-millennialism which is the idea that the church will so kind of leaven society with the gospel that it'll, that all the nations will be Christian nations before the Lord returns. That's post-millennialism. So it's kind of a renewed post-millennialism with confusion about the imputation of Christ's righteousness. That's their big thing. Uh, so apparently that's uh, the, the new perspective on Paul has been able to sneak in with these federal visionists because normal reform would have a pretty uh, solid understanding of, of justification. But... I don't know. That's the best I can do. You've done some work uh, on the new perspective, right? A little bit. Um, uh, really, I mean, mostly to say it's not. It's nothing new. You know, it's the same old perspective that the Roman Catholic Church argued against Luther in the Middle Ages. But with the new perspective, I mean, the, the whole thing is about being included in the the one people of God, and 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 the difference then is it's no longer by circumcision, but now it's by faith, uh, faithfulness. That would be. Um, so what what role would um, the crucifixion play in the new perspective. 
Well, look at it's. Just, I mean, the new perspective is just part of the old, same old scheme to undo faith alone and 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 find the place of works in the in the role of salvation. And so they say the problem with the Jews was not that they thought they were being justified by their works, but because they thought that to be a part of the people of God, you had to be circumcised and all of this sort of thing. So the so that the the crucifixion for them shows that that Jesus has a more inclusive plan of salvation. Uh, I don't think they would deny that the death of Jesus is for the forgiveness of sins, but it's just it, it's when it gets to the doctrine of justification, the imputation of Christ's righteousness. That's where uh, that's where things fall apart with a new perspective. And they, you know, this comes from this. There's this guy, Christer, Christ, Kristen Stindall. Is this this guy? He was a he wrote some article in the Harvard Review or something in the back in the fifties, and he he talked about. Uh, Luther, Paul, and uh, the introspective conscience of the West. And he said that it's only the Western mind that's always worried about how do I stand before God and, and has this kind of fear of judgment and this sort of thing. And that and that Luther and Augustine take this introspective conscience that is, is unique to the Western people and they apply it to Paul and say that Paul is answering the question, how do I find a gracious God, when really Paul was asking the question, how do I get into the covenant people of God? Well... Come on. I mean, you if you want to find an introspective conscience, you just can read the prophets or the Psalms. In fact, when Luther and the Lutheran Confessions argue for the for contrition, this sense of knowledge of our own sinfulness, they don't look at Paul and the example of Paul. They look at the Psalms and the, the penitential Psalms there in the Old Testament, and they look at the prophets, and they look at uh, the apostles, uh, so that this kind of contrition that comes from hearing of the law is not unique to the to Western people, it's it's the unique result of uh, of the Holy Spirit working through the law to convict us of our sinfulness. But anyways, very I'm good. Well, kind of rambling so, on that. So I don't far, know if we answered the question. Well, we'll just send it off to someone else. <laughs> but so yeah. far, you you uh, awarded a thousand table talk radio points to Joe and to Bob. Um, and so let's see who else uh, you're in debt uh, of table talk radio points to. Uh, greetings, Pastor Wolfmuller and uh, lowly seminarian Evan Gegline. This I like this guy. Pastor Samuel Schulteis from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Huntington Beach, California. Just calling to say uh, thank you for your wonderful radio program that you guys put on. And yes, indeed, someone does call your uh, hotline number. So um, I expect a thousand points pronto. Um, but uh, thank you for the uh, delightful theological conversation uh, provided through your radio ministry as well as the uh, ever delightful and uh, always entertaining uh, humor and games that are played on Table Talk Radio. Uh, we are a congregation that supports Seminary and Gigline um, through our uh, evangelism outreach, so we're pleased that our uh, our theological uh, whiz kid is doing wonders there on the radio, and uh, we thank and praise the Lord for the service to the church. God bless you both, and have a great day. Look forward to... Uh, more future podcasts uh, that I listen to uh, from Table Talk Radio. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, that's I'm a I'm a theological whiz kid. Did you hear that? That's kind of, that message is kind of a roller coaster for you, huh? <laughs> First, you, you started out as the lowly seminarian, and then you're the theological whiz kid. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm surprised you didn't call me a radio clown, man. The 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 names you have for me are rubbing off. Are the professors there at the seminary? Yeah, the yes, radio clown. <laughs> a question from the radio clown. <laughs> no, uh, they do. Redeemer Lutheran Church in Huntington Beach, California. They they 
uh, do support me here at Seminary. So we uh, thank you them on a, on a personal level. And also for calling into Table Talk Radio. I actually already uh, returned this phone call and awarded him a thousand Table Talk Radio points. So you don't have to worry about that one. So. Uh, sure. Would you believe it if I told you we're already out of time for our first segment? I believe it. I believe it. All right, let's take. We got to get on to baptism stuff. So. Yes. So don't we'll worry, everyone out there in Radio Land. We'll be right <laughs> back. More on baptism coming up. Back in on Tape Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Is that is that is that real? <laughs> yeah, that's real. Come on, no, oh, real. Okay. <laughs> I'm not used to to jazz music. Wolfmuller DJ to bring, that was. I don't even know any jazz. Do you know any jazz music? I don't. No. Know anyone? You uh, can get a jazz version of uh, a Mighty Fortress. Can you? Um, be- mighty Fortress. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are starting our baptism edition of Table Talk Radio. And first, we're playing Law and or Gospel. Was I supposed to prepare anything for this? No, I got you covered. Don't worry, Radio Clown. Good. Now, what we want to do here, because this Law and or Gospel, this is the way it works. you got uh, two different things in the, in the Scriptures. you got the law, which is what God wants us to do to be holy. And because we don't do it, we're sinners, and so it condemns us. And also you have the gospel, which is the work of Christ on the cross for us to forgive all of our sins, the promise of the forgiveness of sins. That's what the gospel is. And this is the essential distinction to make uh, when reading and studying the scriptures and listening to sermons and everything like this. It's also the essential distinction to make when you're talking about doctrine. So when we get to the question of baptism, we, we, we have to. this is the most fundamental question that we have to answer. Is the doctrine of baptism law or is it gospel? And, and once we answer that question, then we're going to be right on to the... Oh. <laughs> okay, next, next segment. So we've got to answer that question first. So what we're going to do here, we, we only have a, we're going to go fast because we've just got one segment to set apart to do this. But I'm going to give you verses about baptism from the scriptures. You tell me if they're law or gospel. And then I'm going to give you different uh, uh, portions of different people's dogmatic statements on doctrine and you can or on baptism, and you can tell me if they're law or gospel. You got okay. it. I'm ready. See the game. I all right, 200 it. points for all of these. You're going to rack in the points. That's right. Uh, ready. Here we go. Mark 16:16. 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Gospel. All right. <laughs> no. Next. Well, let's talk about this. No, actually, uh, I, I had an insight that that uh, came from me listening to you. <laughs> you, you didn't know that was possible, did you? No, I didn't. No, I was actually listening to you when you were interviewed by uh, Chris Roseborough on Fighting for the Faith, and you guys were talking about infant baptism. And yes. you brought up this verse. You know, of course, they say infants can't be baptized. And so you brought up this verse. Look, Mark sixteen sixteen, uh, believe and be baptized. And, uh, and of course, what's the response you get when you when you quote that? They say, "Well, hey, uh, babies can't believe." Right. Uh, but but here you have believe and be baptized, and so. Uh, you, they, they say, oh, well, uh, it has belief first. You have to believe before you can be baptized. But it doesn't just say belief, right? It, it, 
so baptism is in there. It's a it's a part of it somehow. And yeah. so uh, if baptism is law, as they would say it is, and, and, and baptism is required in this, then they would have to admit to teaching salvation by works. Right. Is that Either, logical? Right. So we, we know just from the scriptures that baptism has something to do with salvation. It does. I mean, you just cannot ignore that in the scriptures. So then you just have to ask the question, uh, was well, it law or gospel? If it is law, if baptism is law and has something to do with salvation, then you got you end up being saved by works, which is precisely what our friends in the non-denominational churches accuse us of. But it's they're the ones that are guilty of it, or really they're guilty of denying the important place of baptism and salvation, as we see from that verse, and also from this verse, Acts two thirty-eight. Wait, wait, points, Repent. points, points. Two hundred points. You are two hundred. I'm I'm keeping track. Okay. You've got to go fast so you can add all these up. Okay. Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, this is gospel. You might say law and gospel because it has repent, but we were talking just recently about, well, we talk about almost every episode of Table Talk Radio that the repentance only comes from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say gospel. Right, gospel. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. That re- that forgiveness of sins, remission of sins, wiping away of sins is right here in baptism. I wonder who that's right. for. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right, Acts twenty two sixteen. Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Uh, washing away of sins, it's not talking about the work that I do, but rather what God has done for me, the remission of sins, forgiveness. That is gospel. Right. All right, Titus 3, 5. According to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Washing, renewing the Holy Spirit. That sounds like gospel language to me. You're right. Gospel. Another one for gospel. All right. Here's some more. Uh, this is a beautiful. I really love this text. Christ. This is Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Okay, here we have not my workings or doings, but what Christ has done, and the result of what Christ has done being the the washing. And again, we we have this uh, language of of renewing uh, through water. So this is, uh, of course, baptismal. So this is gospel as well. Right, and here's one more uh, Bible text for this. Uh, Baptism saves us. 1 Peter 3.21. Hmm. Uh, that that <laughs> salvation that's gospel. Yeah. Now look at so what we've established here. I mean, this ought, this has to be very clear in our minds that baptism is gospel. It's God's giving to us the promise of the forgiveness of all of our sins. Now, if we have a problem understanding baptism as gospel, it's not a problem with the Bible. It's a problem with our own understanding that anything external, anything outside of us, can't be gospel, and that's just simply wrong. If you have that opinion, you are you have a creeping Gnosticism which clings to your flesh. Uh, and so keep listening to the show. But now, <laughs> because the only cure for that kind of thing is the Lord's Word. Uh, but but I can't, we can't do anything for you. If, they, if you're stuck in that, you're stuck in it. But let's go now to a couple wait, wait, of... Wait, wait, wait. Before we do, brief, <laughs> brief look at the score. Evan oh, yeah. has 1,200 points and, and Pastor Wolfmiller has zero. Okay, continue. Look at they're just flowing out here. The points are. This is like the I like the wine in the new heaven and new earth. I mean, the, gospel overflowing. Oh, that's two hundred. <laughs> All right, here it is: baptism and the Lord's supper on from the Baptist faith and message. Ready? Ready. 
Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his faith in the final resurrection of the dead. Being a church ordinance, it's a prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and of the Lord's Supper. Okay, I got this. Uh, I got two things I want to say about this. Uh, in determining whether it's law and or gospel, um, right away you said it's, it's, it's the believer's obedience. Now, if it's something that I'm doing, remember we talked about what, you know, the simplest way is who, is who is working in this. If it's we that are working, then it's law. So this is not going to show us uh, the, uh, the forgiveness of sins. So it's law. Also, a prerequisite. <laughs> so, okay, so prerequisite language is law. You know, I had to, I had to do a, a, a Greek prerequisite before coming to the seminary. Uh, actually, I did it at the seminary, and, and that was law. That was sure law. Um, <laughs> okay, but the other thing I want to talk about is, is a symbolism. Uh, it says that it symbolizes the, the death and resurrection. And so if it symbolizes, it doesn't give us those things. And so that would also not be gospel. Yeah, that, that, and you make an interesting point. I mean, anytime you make something into a symbol, you make it into a human tradition. Because our God is doing things in, he's, he's doing things in reality. He's dealing with, really, with real things. He's not, uh, God is not just about symbols. He's about, he's about delivering his gifts to us. And so as soon as you make something into a symbol, you make it into a human tradition, which is this great irony. I mean, the Bible right. nowhere talks about symbols. Uh, but here the Baptists are always going on and on about how, how us Lutherans have all this um, traditions of men and all this nonsense. Uh, but they're the ones that have, have took, taken baptism and made it into a tradition rather right, than yeah. into the reality. <laughs> uh, okay, got a next, that's another 200 points for me. Go ahead. Yeah, another 200 points. And, and this is very, I mean, we get to see, I mean, this is not rocket science here. Is There's two totally different doctrines at work. Uh, one is the biblical doctrine that baptism is gospel, and the other is this go- this doctrine about baptism that gets around there that says it's it's law. All right, here's the sacrament of baptism from the Federalist Vision Statement. We were talking about Federalist <laughs> Vision earlier. Yeah. <clears throat> here's what they say about baptism. We affirm that God formally unites a person to Christ and to his covenant through the baptism into the triune name, and that this baptism obligates such a one to lifelong covenant loyalty to the triune God. Each baptized person, repenting of his sins and trusting in Christ alone for his salvation. Baptism formally engrafts a person into the church, which means that baptism is into the regeneration, that time when the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne. I really got no idea what that means. We deny that baptism that last part there. We deny that baptism automatically guarantees that the baptized will share in the eschatological church. We deny the common misunderstanding of baptismal regeneration, i.e., that an effectual call rebirth is automatically wrought in the one baptized. Baptism, apart from the growing and living faith, is not saving but rather damning. But we deny that trusting God's promise through baptism elevates baptism to a human work. God gives baptism as assurance of his grace to us personally as our names are spoken when we are baptized. Okay. Um, I'll try and go. Okay. I'm trying to. Where do I start with that? Okay. Well, the language of loyalty, it's a mark of loyalty. Uh, surely law language, that, that 
you know, baptism be a mark of our loyalty to God or anything else. They, they deny baptismal regeneration. I wonder how they respond to Titus three five, where it says baptism is uh, washing a, re- a regeneration. And then, um, uh, oh, they also deny that that just because one is baptized that they'll share in the eschatological church. Um, look, again, we have this language of baptism being uh, adoption, that we are adopted as sons through baptism. And so uh, they would take the, the symbolic meaning of that, I would assume, in the text. But here again, we have baptism really is that thing. It doesn't say it's a symbol. It's, it really is. So when we're baptized, we are adopted as as uh, real sons of God, as um, uh, heirs of, of, of what Christ has is, is, one for us, and we get those those great benefits. Right. It's a weird sort of thing that uh, they talk about. How baptism affects your relationship to the church, but not really to Christ. Ah, uh, very and that's, good. And that's Let's, the that's always the Reformed Covenant type of of nonsense. But we see that baptism is our adoption into the family of God, not the not the church. We become sons of God in baptism when we put on Christ. Right, well, we need to take a break. Let's, can we continue this right, right on the other side of the break? Sure, you like all these points, huh? I'm loving it. I'm loving we'll it. We'll be right, right back here in Radio. <laughs> Hi, this is Evan Gigline. We at Table Talk Radio are concerned with the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of the world. With this includes the expansion of Table Talk Radio. We would like to have Table Talk Radio broadcasted on as many radio stations as possible to proclaim the life and work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all sin. But we need your help. Many radio stations across America allow religious programming in their lineup on a particular day usually Sunday mornings, providing the programs pay for their airtime. Perhaps a radio station in your area would be willing to play Table Talk Radio, and a local business or church would be willing to help support the costs incurred. If you would like to discuss this possibility in your area, please call our toll-free number 866-851-5523. Leave a message, and I will personally return your phone call promptly to discuss this possibility. Thank you for your consideration in expanding Table Talk Radio for the sake of the gospel. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Complaints can be sent to our forum, <laughs> tabletalkradio.org, or email email complaints to prbw at tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> That's prbw. Pastor Brian, welcome you there. All right, I'm at sitting at 1,600 points. Ooh, That's right, man. 1,600 points uh, with this game, Law and or Gospel. And we're looking at some more um, uh, positions of, on baptism from various churches, and I am dominating. What's next? It's pretty good when you when you're the only one playing. All right, see, I got two more ready. You can guess who this is from. Play a little. Uh, who said it? Along with uh, law and or gospel. I'll do it for a double or nothing. All right, double or nothing. Christian water baptism is an ordinance instituted by Jesus Christ 
If it's not important in the plan of God, why did Jesus command it in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen? And why did Peter follow up by saying, Be baptized, every one of you, and commanding the Gentiles to be baptized? Acts 2 and Acts 10. We must remember two points about the importance of water baptism. First, whatever Christ definitely established and ordained cannot be unimportant, whether we understand its significance or not. <laughs> Second, Christ and the apostles showed the importance of this ordinance by observing it. Jesus walked many miles to be baptized, and though he was without sin, saying, For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Matthew 3. That it? That's it. It's kind of tricky. Uh, yeah, it's I don't that know that specific. anything's really jumping out at me to uh, to determine. You know, well, the next the next paragraph, this will give it away, talks about how we have baptism in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah, that, that was a dead giveaway. Um, the, he uses this language of water baptism, obviously making the distinction between there being a water baptism and a spirit baptism, as if uh-huh. there was a difference. Very um, good. So Radio I'm clown. I'm going to uh, go with some sort of a Pentecostal uh, church. Is that would oh, that be right? Now you're just showing off. Ah, uh, United, <laughs> United Pentecostal Church International. That's right. And you got it with that distinction between water baptism and spirit baptism. So water baptism is law, ordinance, first obedience, and all this. Spirit baptism is what actually delivers the Holy Spirit and forgiveness of sins and all this sort of thing. So unlike Paul, who said in Ephesians 4 that there's one baptism, they say that there's two. And, and one is law and one is gospel. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> um, let me guess. One is law and one is gospel? <laughs> there you go. I'm there you go, Reedy. 2,000 points, just so you know. <clears throat> nice. All right. Well, I got one more. All right. Uh uh, this church teaches that baptism by immersion is part of the vital process of following Jesus Christ and entering into a covenant relationship with him. We also teach that baptism must be performed by one who has proper authority from God for this sacred ordinance. I'm going to guess that this comes from a Baptist church. No, close. The Mormon church. I mean, not close. <laughs> the- <laughs> The Mormon Church. You know, you don't have to be a proper. You don't have to be a proper authority in the Baptist Church to baptize. But see, the Mormon Church yeah. has this priesthood business. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I should. I should have caught that. That did sound funny, but I was so caught up on this immersion thing that that uh, it swayed me to guess the Baptist Church. All right. I won't take away points for that. Do you want to guess? And this is law and or gospel here. Sounds like. Uh, we'll read read the last part again, just real quick. Uh, we also teach that baptism oh, must be performed by one who has a proper authority from God f- for this sacred ordinance. But yeah. then it's a part of a vital process of following Jesus Christ and entering into a covenant relationship with him. La, la, la. It's law. La, 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 la. <laughs> Again, this, this language of, of, an, of an, an ordinance, first of all, and then this uh, t- t- obedience following, following Jesus. It's all law. All law. I mean, look at the Mormons don't have any gospel at all because for them to be saved means simply t- to be resurrected. Um, but there's a resurrection into judgment that we know the Bible teaches. And so just to be resurrected, uh, the, Jesus talks about the resurrection to death and resurrection to life. And and it's only by the forgiveness of sins that we have this resurrection into life. So, By the way, if you want to complain about Pastor Wolf Miller... Uh, you can call our phone number 866-851-5523.
Look at I, I, we. It's much more effective when you, we give away free points rather than offering people a chance to campaign. Oh yeah, you're one of these these new church growth people. <laughs> All right, fine. It, Look if, at if, if we give them something they'll want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, yeah. let's play. Well, I know we haven't really. I mean, I had another consultants uh, that, <laughs> that come in to uh, advise us about our radio show. Yeah, you oh. can see that's really working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'd okay, like to well, thank the three of you for listening out there. We appreciate your loyalty. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, we should probably jump in to Table Talk Jeopardy because we are a little behind, but I think we're doing good. And I didn't have to prepare anything for this, right? Yeah, look, at this is just a, a point buffet for you today. <laughs> or yeah, buffet, I'm, as you pronounce I'm, it. I'm okay with that. As I <laughs> All <pronounce>. right. <laughs> the category for you is the baptism of our Lord. Okay. Yeah. So you pick the point number, the question you want, and oh, then yeah, I'll I've, give it to I remember you. how this works. Yeah. All right. um, 500. Oh. Oh. Huh. This happened immediately after the Lord's baptism. Uh, immediately, so that would be the uh, spirit descended um, as a dove. Oh, hello, we've got a caller. Hello, <laughs> caller. <laughs> I'd like to phone a friend. Friend, friend call me. <laughs> he came up out of the water, the spirit descended on a dove. Okay, that's all part of the baptism. What happened after that? Oh, no. Ah. Uh, he uh, he uh, went to the wilderness. Uh, was was uh, led by the spirit to the wilderness. Uh, yes. What what is yeah that? <laughs> what is that? How do you put the, that in the form of a question? When when uh, what is the Lord's temptation? Yeah. Yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, the Lord's temptation for forty days in the wilderness. This is now. There's something here too. I mean, the, uh, of course, this question builds on all the others. So uh, this is kind of wrapping it up, but. Uh, We'll start here at the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> is that the uh, is that when we ourselves are baptized, we're baptized. Uh, well, how does Luther say that when we're baptized, we're, when we're marked with a cross, we're marked with a bullseye for the devil. So we are baptized into a life of of suffering and temptation, but we are baptized into a life of suffering and being tempted with the Lord as our Savior and our brother and our helper. So that's a, one of the marvelous uh, gifts that the Lord gives us in baptism. That's right. All right. Are you keeping track of your points here? Oh, that, that was five hundred. Yeah, five hundred. I didn't know there was an order to your to your questions. So don't worry. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll do uh, I'll do four hundred then. Okay. Uh, John didn't want to baptize Jesus, but Jesus compelled him by saying, "It is fitting to fulfill all this." Obedient. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was still stuck in in the the last game we were playing. Yeah, right. um, what is righteousness? That's right. It is filling for uh, fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Do you want to explain what that verse means? Well, uh, here we have uh, the, the the sinless person, Jesus Christ, who who um, needs no needs no forgiveness. He he lived the perfect life. And and then we have John the Baptist calling sinners to repentance and and being baptized. So we have a sinless person coming down uh, to a, to a sinner's baptism, and it, it, it's in that baptism that 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 Jesus, in a sense, takes on our sin. Uh, and, and then the, the beginning of his ministry, as he as he lives, uh, continues to live his ministry 
and uh, takes it to the cross on, on Golgotha. I think that's right. Do we have time for an extended metaphor here? Before sure. We're done? I, I like to think of it like this, is, is if you picture, and this is good for the children, uh, you, if you picture a bunch of sheep on the edge of the Jordan River, and they're just filthy and dirty, and they're and their uh, their wool is matted down with all sorts of tar and and thorns and all of this sort of thing, and they're coming into the river. And John takes them and he and he puts them in the water, and all of this filth just washes off in the water. And, and they out on the other side of the bank, they're white and fluffy and just these beautiful looking sheep. Well, in the midst of all of these dirty, filthy sheep, uh, is one shiny, poofy, perfectly white, gleaming sheep. This is the the sheep that that needs no washing of repentance. And this sheep comes to the water, and John says to him, uh, "I need to be baptized by you." And Jesus says, "It's fitting to fulfill all righteousness." And John takes him and puts him in the water, and all of the filth and tar and muck and thorns and blood and dirt and everything from all the other sheep, which is floating on top of the water like an oil spill, just goes into this sheep's wool. And now on the other side of the sheep. On the other side of the river, there's this sheep that's 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 just mangled. It's bearing all of the filth from all of the other sheep. And John points at this one and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, and, and this is exactly what Jesus is doing, as he's bearing all of our sins. And it's because of his bearing our sins and taking them to the cross to be the sacrifice for our sins that baptism is now a cleansing water for us to take those sins away. Amen. So, I, I don't know. I like that picture. <laughs> Did you think of that yourself? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we have less than a minute, so uh, why don't we head on to our break, and then we'll continue this when we get back. Are we going into the fourth segment already? Yeah, yeah. We're way behind. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to get to Bible Bee today, then. We'll save it for next show. Maybe we will. We'll see. see how Although it it's too bad we have our baptism text. Uh, that's all right. All right. Well, uh, you can email us with your questions uh, concerning baptism or anything else. Uh, questions at table. I haven't given that up for a while. Questions at tabletalkradio.org uh, or call us 866-851-5523. We like to uh, get to those comments, you know, a few times a year. So uh, 866-851-5523 or questions at tabletalkradio.org. Don't touch uh, that website. dial. We'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The website no, is tabletalkradio.org. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Back in for the last segment of Table Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> We're in the middle of playing uh, Table Talk Jeopardy, our baptism edition of Table Talk Radio. And I, uh, do you want to know how many points I have? I need a calculator. Hold on. <laughs> you have your little accountant hat on? Yeah. 3,100 points. This is better than deal or no deal. Yeah, you, congratulations. <laughs> You've never known what it's like to have that many points, except for that one time when you had 10 million or whatever and then lost it all. 
Well, that's all right. Pick your next question. We're playing Table Talk Radio. Bapt- uh, no, we're playing Table Talk Jeopardy, baptism, uh, the baptism edition. And so you've gotten the 500 and 400 questions, so they just get easier from here. I'll take the baptism. I think that's how they really do it. You know, they take the hard ones first. But anyway, I'll take the baptism of our Lord for 300, please, Alex. That is the bloop, bloop, daily double. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, how many points you, would you like to wager? I'm going to wager 3,000 points. Okay. Uh, here's your answer. The now father you're scrambling for a really hard one. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll stick to the text here. The father was manifest in the Lord's baptism in this way. What is a voice from heaven saying, "Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased"? That is right. <laughs> here we have the voice from heaven here, and we have the voice from heaven at the transfiguration, uh, where and and this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, and this is a. Uh, and then in the transfiguration, hear him, an echo of the prophecy from Deuteronomy, a prophet will arise from amongst your brothers, listen to him, and that Jesus is this great and final prophet, the prophet of all prophets who comes uh, to give the Lord's forgiving word. But here also is a testimony of who Jesus is, the Son of the Father. And John sees this testimony and can rejoice in, the, in, in his preaching then that this is the one promised, God in the flesh, Son of God. Uh, here, this is something even more marvelous. Here too is that, is that this what the Father says to the Son in His baptism is because of what Jesus has done on the cross, precisely the same thing that God the Father speaks to us in our baptism when He when we're baptized and all of our sins are washed away and He imputes to us the righteousness of Christ. He looks at us and says, "This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased." So that. So that these words of promise that the that the Father first speaks to Jesus are also spoken to us in in our baptism. This is really incredible. So that's a symbol, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> if any, if you were just if anyone out there is taking cliff notes or to, you know class notes for the uh, uh, for the show today, you can just write this down. Baptism is gospel, and you'll have all it. right. Which brings me to 6,100 points, wow. and I'll take baptism of our Lord for 200. Okay. Uh, the Holy Spirit was manifest at the Lord's baptism in this form. Uh, as a dove. Right. So what is are. as a dove? <laughs> oh, there you go. So as a do- so, and this is something marvelous, is that the text, the two texts that best uh, hold forth the teaching of the Trinity in the Scriptures are both baptismal texts. The baptism of our Lord where the Son of God is there in the water, where the Father is speaking from heaven, where the Holy Spirit is descending in a dove. And then also in Matthew 28, when the Lord sends his disciples and his church out to baptize, uh, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there's a kind of wonderful thing there that the clearest texts on the Trinity are also texts about baptism. There it is. And so this is why uh, in uh, some church architecture and, and art we'll have like the dove on the baptismal font or around the baptismal font, because we have the uh, the spirit descending as a as a dove in in our Lord's baptism. Yes, that's right. The end. Okay, <laughs> I'll take baptism of our Lord for where am I? One hundred. Is that the last one? Last one. This cousin. Oh, this is so easy. This cousin of Jesus baptized him in the Jordan River. Oh man, oh, that was it. I don't want to lose a hundred points on this either. Um, uh, what? Who is John the Baptist? Right. That's right. 
the way preparer, the one promised by the prophets, Elijah who is to come, the cousin of Jesus. Well, here's something to talk about. Later, the uh, Pharisees asked John the Baptist if he is Elijah, and he says no. What about that? I'm not the one. Then Jesus says, if you can accept it, he is Elijah to come. I think the reason why John says no to the Pharisees, are you Elijah, is precisely because the the Elijah that they were expecting was the Elijah who would come with power and overthrow the Roman government. So uh, John is the Elijah promised by the prophets. For example, the last verse of the Old Testament, Malachi, where it says Elijah will come and turn the hearts of the children to their fathers, etc. John is that promised Elijah, but John is not the Elijah that the Pharisees were expected because their false doctrine of um, kind of uh, their federalist vision doctrine <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that the kingdoms of this world would be overthrown by the coming reign of the Messiah uh, uh, was wrong. So John was not that guy. He was not the one to come and th- overthrow uh, he was not the expected king and ruler, but he was rather the, expe- the the one who was to come, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. And he and he tore down the mountains by through his preaching of repentance, and he lifted up the valleys by the his baptism for forgiveness of sins, uh, and made the way straight for Jesus to come uh, and, and live and teach and die. Very good. Well, we have uh, about four minutes to play a little bit of Bible B. Do you want to get started on this? Yeah, let's skip round one with three verses and go right right to round two uh, where it's only one verse. How about that? <laughs> good. <laughs> I didn't have that one anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'll do I'll a verse for you. This is um, a text. I can't tell you where it's from. Are you ready? So one verse. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the workings of God, who raised him from the dead. Ah, that is uh, Paul talking in Romans chapter 6 about being buried and risen in baptism. Buzz. Nice try, though. Thanks for playing. What? Let me read it again. Yeah. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through the faith and the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Wait a minute. That's not Romans 6? No, I'll read the next verse. And when you were raised in your transgressions and the uncircumcised of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Wait a minute. (laughs) Keep going, then. Okay. (laughs) Having... (laughs) I should have picked this for the three. Um, Having canceled out the certificate of debt uh, consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to us, and he was taken it, uh, and has and he has taken it all of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Well, that's Colossians, then, huh? There it is. Yep. Wow, that's a beautiful text. I just never, I had always this being buried with Christ in baptism is just as stuck in my mind as Romans six. But boy, Paul uh, repeats himself there in Colossians too. Wow, that's wonderful. So oh, you're still hanging of, out with zero. It's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> though. I should know that. Yeah. So 6,400 to zero. Thanks. What text do you have for me? All right. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? This is from Acts. True. And this is an, another proof text for those who would say what a so-called believer's baptism and say, Look, the eunuch uh, asked to be baptized. You, you know, it, was, it was his decision, his willingness, his first act of obedience. Fine. 
I mean, that's fine. I don't have any problem with believer's baptism. I mean, we should baptize believers. If someone is, an, is wants to be baptized, then you baptize them, for goodness sakes. Uh, but the problem is when we say that babies can't be believers. That's really the trouble that we get into. Um, but Philip, you know, it doesn't say anything. Philip was explaining to him Isaiah 53, and apparently his explanation of the gospel and of the suffering of Jesus included baptism because the eunuch desired it as soon as they passed a little pond there. So... Uh, uh, so we want to always include baptism in our in our preaching of the gospel. All right, I have another one for you. Uh, I'm having to pull an audible though because you stole mine. Oh, good. Mine mine was going to be two words. It's going to be look water. Oh, <laughs> good. What? Okay, so I'm I'm <laughs> scrambling here. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, well, you'll make the connection. The word is millstone. Oh, there you go. That's got to be uh, Matthew eighteen. That's oh, correct. Where Jesus? And why would why would why would I bring this up talking about baptism? Jesus says, "Woe to you if you cause one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. It'd be better for you if a millstone were thrown around your neck." So Jesus talks about the little ones who believe in him. Can you? I mean, what's this? Is not that hard, is it? Uh, that the scriptures say that that little little children believe in Jesus. So that's why you bring it up, because when someone says, hey, you can't buy, baptize babies because you've got to baptize believers, we say, fine, that we should baptize babies because we baptize believers. <laughs> that's good. Okay, we have about 30 seconds. All right, one more, same, same idea. It's two words, nursing infants. Uh, where is that? Uh, I still can't believe I missed that Colossians one. Nursing infants. It's good. It's good. I'm going to... I'm going to go to the Psalms. Psalms? All right, fine. Psalm 8, <laughs> verse 2. Out yes, of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Ah, there it is. And Jesus, Beautiful. by the way, quotes this verse in Matthew 21. Uh, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things he did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babies and nursing infants, that you have perfected praise. So there it is, and that's all the time we have. Uh, wait, 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 how many points did I get for each of those? Uh, I don't know. Give yourself three hundred points for each one. Oh, too many points! I can't add them up. Uh, you you ended up with six hundred then, because you got two of them right. Thank you. No, only I'm one. Not... I only got one right. Yeesh. Oh, that's true. One. Okay. So final score, Pastor Wolfmill, the three hundred. Uh, the quote-unquote radio clown who is always there to save the theological bull rider when trouble confronts him is uh, Evan Gigline with 7,000 points. <laughs> That's a record. All right, take us out, jazz DJ. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next time for more Table Talk Radio. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. <laughs>